Welcome to MarkCast, episode 101, String of Whispers. In the winter of 2012, I hit an insane depression. Um, my car was taken. My jobs were not going well. I quit one and thought I could afford everything on a cafe barista paycheck. Um I couldn't, and I ended up losing my apartment. I had to move out. It was a very tumultuous time. It was, it was so destructive. Um, it changed a lot about who I was and what I thought I knew, for the most part, um, about everything, uh, about relationships, about friendships, uh, love, God, family, um, and, and, and to, to go back, uh, give you a bit of background from Colorado Springs. Um, I was, I was dating this girl. I was a part of the church. I had a uh, really wonderful community and in, in 2012 when everything happened, um, I didn't know what to do. So I ran, I went back to Texas to live with my, my sister and, um, while there, I was <laughs> extremely angry and uh, destructive. I I thought that I knew everything, and then I didn't know anything. And when that happens, at least to me, it was it was so fundamentally altering. I changed everything I thought I knew. And I, I, I used to blame it. I blamed it at the time. I, I blamed it on uh, separating from the military, uh, the maladjustment to the civilian life. I, I tell people that when you join the military and you go into the service, uh, they, they strip you of your civilian uh, practices, habits, and uh, character and transform you into a new thing, which is a soldier, which is, or an airman or a marine, whatever those things, whichever service you join. And when you get out, they don't do that for you. They, they just say, all right, well, thanks, bye, here's some things, have fun. And I used, I, I blamed it, a lot of my problems I blamed on that. I blamed it on... The uh, one of my friends at the time, um, who I thought was extremely uh, distant and angry with me, I blamed it on the girlfriend at the time. I uh, thought that she wasn't caring enough. I thought that she didn't love enough, um, and I blamed a lot of things on uh, on on the people around me. Uh, her parents, uh, you know, the, the church group, everything. So when I left Colorado, I ended up in Texas, and um, I, uh, I was on the back porch of my mom's place one night, and it was right after burning my ex's artwork that she gave me. Um, she had just broken up with me, and it was really bad. Her, her parents were very involved, and it was just a, not a good time. So I was angry, and I 
lashed out. I, I took out my anger in a cathartic way that I thought was good or at least uh, was going to help me get over it. So I burned her art. Um, I erased everything about her. Uh, I erased everything about my friends in Colorado. I thought that they just completely forgot me. And, and I blamed them for those problems. I blamed them for their, their lack of compassion. I blamed them for um, my problems and where I was in life. And, and I blamed God at the time. I, I really thought that um, after being uh, a semi-faithful servant in the ministry, <clears throat> that he would be there for me and, and accept me and guide me, most of all. Give me answers. Give me the reasons why. So I was sitting on the back porch of my mom's place after looking at the, the pretty green flames that the, the paintings put up. And, and I turned to the sky. I had a cigarette. I was smoking. I started praying. And I said, God, help. Where are you? What are you doing? Why am I? Why is this happening to me? And I heard nothing. I heard nothing from him. I heard nothing from those people that I assumed were good or uh, those people I assumed loved me in a way that I wanted love. And, and you know, I, I suffer with with some really bad things that I, I, at the time, was not dealing with. Um, the loss of friends uh, to suicide, the, uh, the things that, you know, I, I encountered in Afghanistan, um, and, and then coming home and, and not really knowing um, anything about myself and just falling in wherever I was and, uh, you know, following the crowd, listening to, to what other people were listening to, um, going where the other people were going. I, was not, I wasn't an individual. I was a member of a group. And my identity was tied into that group. And um, when, <clears throat> when, I, when I went to Texas and it was quiet and I heard nothing, I left. I said, no more. I'm not going to put up with that. I didn't believe in God. And I thought, well, what can I do? Well, I can write. I can read. Uh, so I'll do that. So I grabbed a bunch of philosophy books. I grabbed a bunch of self-help books. I grabbed a bunch of uh, uh, different different modes of thinking, different avenues of, uh, of, of uh, appreciating life and, and different things like that. And my problems continued they, they stayed. Um, nothing changed. The only thing that changed was my environment. I, uh, after a year and a half of being in Texas, I, I moved to Florida, moved in with my dad. Um, once again, maladjusted. I thought that moving to Florida would help me. I thought moving in with my dad would uh, change something in my heart or in my mind. It didn't. And I was angry with him. I was angry with my stepmom. I was angry with the group of friends I was around at the time. And um, 
I went through uh, a really gross breakup. And at the time, it was just, you know, uh, emotional immaturity. It was just a, a time of uh, ignorance to what I could do or what I wanted to do. And um, really let it dictate my actions, really let it uh, decide what I was going to do next. And what I was going to do next was run away again for the third time, major runaway. I left all my friends, um, I left my dad, and I moved in with this girl I met. And while there, um, I wasn't working, I had just started school again, and it was not a good time. It was a very uh, loveless relationship. It was pretty much out of uh, just availability, honestly. Um, and, and that's really sad, you know? When I look back, she she was cool, she was a good person. Um, you know, uh, like everyone, uh, we both had our problems. and But it was just nothing. It was just there. It was just what we did. And and so I got a job at a bar, and things go south again with that girl. Uh, in the middle of the night, I grabbed all my stuff and moved out. I moved in with a friend. And after I moved out, uh, a couple, uh, a couple, maybe like a couple months later, met a new girl. Right, she introduced me to new things, uh, new 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 methods of thinking, new uh, new ways of understanding life and the meaning and the purpose and the reason of it all. And I thought, oh, this is fun, until it wasn't. And once again, emotional immaturity. And I can only accept what I did as the cause of what happened. I was extremely uh, rude. Uh, didn't listen. Um, didn't focus, didn't follow the, the warning signs, and really just let myself be led astray into a relationship once again that I wasn't prepared for. And and then, you know, things happened. Uh, we ended up breaking up, and it was not fun. It wasn't a good time. And in that moment, I realized, okay, well, I'm going to run away again. I'm going to go find something different because I thought, what what else could I do? Just jump on something different. Just go do another event. Go to a different town. And at that moment, uh, not at that moment, but around that time, uh, a friend of mine from the military was uh, talking to me about going on a, uh, a year-long cross-country trip in an RV that he bought, and we were going to write, and we were going to hang out, we were going to you know, podcast and everything. And so I was like, all right, awesome, yeah. So I sold my car. I sold a lot of my possessions. I moved out, and my brother-in-law came and picked me up, and I drove back out to Texas to spend the holidays with my family. And I got to Texas, and probably about a month after being in Texas, uh, which is a long time for a visit. Um, I didn't plan it well, but a little while after, I get a call, and my friend tells me he's not doing it anymore. And at the time, I was very depressed, and, and I, I took it out on him. I, I was very angry. I was very uh, upset. I let the circumstance dictate what I wanted and what I wanted to do. And instead of uh, understanding that another person made a choice, another person decided something, I thought it was a personal affront to my plans, to what I wanted, which was very... Um, 
characteristic of my entire life. I always grew up thinking that the attacks on me were personal. The, uh, the, the problems that persisted in my life were because of outside influences. And so I hit a severe depression, gained a lot of weight again, um, didn't have any friends, stayed at home, just, just did school, didn't do well in school, but I still went, um, and, and just really separated myself from everything, just, just gone, just, all right, see ya, and didn't talk to anybody, stop paying my phone bill, um, really just isolated myself, and, I got a chance uh, to move into the dining room of my sister and uh, my brother's apartment. And at the time, I was like, I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I want to pay rent. I don't know if I want to do anything like this or, uh, you know, even be around family. Um, Because while I was living at my sister's this latest time, I argued all the time. I was mad. Um, I was emotionally immature and and wasn't willing to accept that my problems and my issues were my own. I thought, (laughs) if you're sensing uh, a pattern, it was everyone else's fault. Why can't you understand me? Why can't you love me? Why can't you do this for me? Why can't you help me? And I blamed everybody. And I blamed everybody still. And And I could not bring myself to get rid of my ego, to get rid of my pride in the moments of anger and frustration and desperation to truly stop and listen and understand. So instead of sitting in this town with my family and and living there, I said, fuck it. Let's go on. Let's move. Let's, let's go to round rock. See what's up. So I moved and I got, I got into the dining room. I put up, uh, at the time, I didn't have anything separating uh, me from the outside world. Uh, just open dining room with a bed on the floor, a little twin-size mattress, and uh, a small desk. And that's where I had all my things. And um, got a curtain up later on, lived there for a year. And while there, it really humbled me. It, it showed me that as much as I pushed these people, as much as I hated how these people acted or couldn't come to understand why they do the things they do. And I was angry and I would always argue and I would always antagonize and I would always debate them. No matter what the thought was, I would always have a countering act, a countering argument, a countering thought. And, you know, it was really bad. It wasn't good. And it it was still, once again, indicative of my journey. It was me assuming that no one else around me cared. Nobody else around me understood. Nobody else around me was smart enough to know what was happening to me. And so, uh, you know, after a year of living in the dining room, my uh, brother ends up getting active duty orders and he leaves. Uh, So I move into his room. I got a job at a cafe and, uh, you know, making uh, some extra scratch during the month and was able to pay my bills, was able to do things, uh, started losing weight um, and reconnected with an old friend that I love and and really started to do the same things over again. You thought I was going to say, like, I, I changed. It, 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 things were different. It wasn't. It was the same dang thing. It, I kept 
doing the same things over. I would antagonize, I would pester, I would be angry. Uh, this friend and I, she, we, I, diametrically opposed on many different things. Um, uh, the belief in God, the reason for heaven, the the purpose of life, the 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 way we should go about living, the the foods we like, everything was diametrically opposed. And then I started thinking, what the heck am I doing? This friend I care about so much, and I I love, and I and I want her in my life. I just keep pushing away because of my need to be right, my need to know, my need for people to understand what I was doing. So I started thinking more, and I started thinking about what I was doing. What 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 were the things that I was contributing to? And and I realized I was asking all the wrong questions and receiving no answers to it. So I was angry. It's it's kind of like if you go to a microwave and you and you start pushing, you know, like the buttons. Like there's that little space in between each number. If you keep pushing right there in between each number and you're expecting to hit the number, and you're like, why aren't you listening to me? Why aren't you gonna pay attention to me? And the microwave's like, you're not asking the right things. You're not pressing the right button. You keep thinking that whatever you do, whatever you, you input should automatically have an output, and that's not how it works. That's, not, that's no way how it works with microwaves, and especially not with people. So. To go over some of these bad questions, I uh, I called my dad um, uh, probably eight, nine months ago, and I was talking to him, and I said, you know, I got all these problems, I got all these issues, I got all these things I need to figure out. What is your advice? And he offered God. Now, he's not a, he's not a religious man. He doesn't go to church. Uh, he believes in the... Uh, uh, the Ben Franklin thought of, uh, you know, God helps those who help themselves. So he told me, go to God, figure out your faith again. And, and I said, I don't want that. And I want it to be from in me. I want it to become, I want it to come from inside of me, something that I can figure out. And, and he kept saying, no, 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 no. And I could not understand it. So I called my mom. And my mom says, maybe you need to be on prescription drugs. And then once again, I said, no, I don't, I don't want it to be external. I want it to be coming from in me. I want, it to, I want it to reside within me as an intricate part and an innate part of my character and my, my, my personality and who I am, my identity. So I, I rejected that answer. So I went to friends. Um, I thought back on all the different people that I've encountered. And I thought, what did I want from those people? Unconditional support. No matter what I was doing, no matter what choices I made, no matter what new project I started, I wanted them to have the same level of enthusiasm as I did. And that's wrong in itself. I haven't done anything for them to be enthusiastic about. Each project I started ended with failure or not even started. Um, and, and, and I wanted them to have a deeper understanding of who I was, yet I led with lies all the time. I just, I faked my way. I, I pretended things so I could look better, so I could be better. Um, and and they, 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 obviously, they couldn't understand when somebody is hidden, when somebody is distant, when somebody is always pushing and pushing and pushing. So 
I started thinking about the women I've been with. Um, I wanted them to accept me for who I was, to teach me new things, and to have dialogue with me about things that are important to me. All three of those things are not things you should seek out from somebody that you just started a relationship with, um, especially if it's a sexual relationship. And, you know, it's easy to accept people. It's harder to uh, understand why you're accepting them. And I wanted them to know why they accepted me, why they thought that I was special or different or unique enough for them to want to be with me. And that's not fair to them. That's not fair to me. And that's not fair to those around us when the inevitable fallout occurs. So I, uh, this is, this is, uh, two and a half years after, after leaving, uh, God, after cursing him on that night in 2012, 2013, uh, the winter. And so I went to him and I said, why, what, what are you doing? What do you want? What is the reason? No answer. So I started, gosh, what the heck am I supposed to do? I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So I went to philosophy and I started reading all these different books. I started reading all these different modes of thinking, thinking I thought that if I read all of these different things, that if I increased my knowledge, I would finally understand what was happening. And to a, a certain degree, it did. I mean, I have a better understanding of my depression. I have a better understanding of my emotions. I have a better, uh, a deeper appreciation for what people do and what they, 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 who they are, um, independent of what I want, independent of what I think they should do. And in the end, not in the end, because it's not over, but just recently I've been like, it, it can't help me because these are all questions I have also. And these are just speculations from a private individual, a person that, that doesn't have the, 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 understanding or the conditions to understand who I am and what I need. So the last thing that I could do was stop. This is the only thing I haven't tried. Stop running. Stop looking. Stop forcing. Stop asking. Stop, stop requesting things from people. Stop thinking that my friend who I talk to now every day has the answers to my deep, universal, confused questions, the, the ideas that I think are important, like, you know, what is the meaning of life? What is the purpose of humans? Do, do, does God exist? Does he not exist? And what is the implications of that existence? Um, all these different concepts. And, and I kept it up. I wanted people to respond to me. And the only thing I hadn't tried, like I said, was stopping. And when you're able to stop, you're able to listen. You're able to understand more. This is obvious psychology. This is obvious relationships, uh, relationship uh, instructions or uh, any kind of uh, interpersonal um, uh, communication is just to, to, to listen more. You know, that old adage, you have two ears, one mouth, use the, the former more. And... What really helped me was the last two years I haven't had a car and I have a job now and it's, it's, you know, it's a, a little bit away, but I walk every day 
every day I go down there and I walk to work. It's it's a, probably a 20, 22-minute walk. And I'm able to walk along the road, see all these people zooming past in their cars, look out and just and just just experience life at a slower rate. And it took me a long time to appreciate it at the beginning. I mean, I still don't appreciate it during the summer months because I live in Texas now. But I was able to really just look, observe, and listen. And and I started noticing things. You know, you notice the trash in the streets. Uh, you notice the, the 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 people that work in the shops you pass by. You you notice the people driving their cars, and and you can na- I can now tell if people are speeding or not. Like it's, you know, even if it's just like you know three or four miles over the speed limit, I can tell. And and I used that this this slowdown of of not driving to to better understand. Here's something I told my brother a while ago. I was talking about. Uh, uh, the way our minds work and how it's, uh, it doesn't make sense that me not having a car, I'm never late to work. If I am late, it's, you know, a couple of minutes and it's, I've only been late once now, but it was, uh, it's, I'm, I'm not late because I have to give me myself more time because I know it's a slower process to get to work as opposed to me having a car. Um, I hope my little brother doesn't mind me saying he, uh, was late or rushing at the end uh, quite a bit uh, when he was working, and he, he had a car. And, and so I started thinking, how does that affect what I'm doing? How does that affect what I think? And I thought, well, if I give myself more time to understand, if I give myself more time to get to work, if I give myself this extra moment to make sure that I'm not messing up, to make sure I'm not falling through, I'll make it. And it really helps. And slowing down and seeing uh, seeing the world at a different pace is extremely beneficial. And the next thing that really uh, struck me was in the beginning of this, this, this episode, I talked about all the different things that happened to me and why I could not reconcile them in my brain with the people that I knew and the friends that I thought I had because I was equating their friendship and their small moments with me and their, 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 their intimate times with the grander circumstances of my running away. I thought that the circumstances defined the relationship and, and reversing that has taken a, a long time and it still will take a long time. But until, but until recently, I always thought that the circumstances were more important because they were more impactful. They, they had a bigger purpose to my life. And it, it really struck me one day when I, when I started thinking about my friend that I talked to now. Um, and I said, uh, I thought about her and I said, I care more about our friendship and 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 in the moment relationships and and how we communicate more than being right more than the circumstances more than the things happening to us I care so much more and I was able to focus I was able to quiet down a bit and listen to the small parts listen to the whispers that were happening within my relationships able to uh, I was able to understand more. I was able to appreciate more 
when I slowed down, just like on my walks. Now I walk and I see things I don't normally see, you know? And, you know, I see, you know, garbage on the street or the, the patterns that the rain makes with all the, the road uh, dirt and dust and, and the leaves that fall into the gutter. I'm able to see this tree that that has like this perfect half circle. It's just, and it's natural. I don't think it's uh, because it's in the m- middle of like a whole clump of trees. And it's just, it's just this perfect half circle. And I wonder how many people pass that by and don't think on it. Don't even see it because they're going so fast. And if, if that's happening in the physical world, how much more is it happening in my interpersonal world? How much more is it occurring with my relationships? A lot more. And especially with my, my close friend and my brothers and my mom and my sisters and my dad and all these different people that I love and care about. So when I slowed down, when I was able to concentrate on being more understanding and only the only way to be to better understand something is to not talk you just listen you just experience you know you 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 use your other versions of communication your 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 nonverbals your the way you look at them the the way you the, the smell you know the the feeling of a conversation as opposed to the discussion and and I realized, like, no answers will come through grand lectures or moments in life that are massively influential. Now, you can get answers from them. You can get understanding and meaning and purpose and reason and prophecy, whatever it is, from those bigger moments. But you won't, I won't have fulfilled life if I keep focusing on those big moments as if, as if, so I watch football and, uh, the Super Bowl is a huge, huge, huge game. It's, it's one of the biggest games that these players will be a part of in their life. But that's not the only thing. It's not like every single person just gets to be in the Super Bowl. It's all those small things to reach that game. It's the training camp. It's the diets. It's the it's the small things that they do before a game. It's it's you know the the stretches with their calves and their their arms and it's the 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 practices and the drills and you know just focusing on how their fingers, they're, they're like small little things on their bodies, how they're positioned, and and that those things all link together to create. An end product, which is performing in the Super Bowl. And without all of those things, without all the small pieces, the little the little things in life, we won't be able to get to that, to that understanding, to that Super Bowl of awareness. So I look back and I thought, which time in all of those moments were the whispers I missed? And those whispers that I missed were the 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 I love yous, um, the I saw you the other day and I thought, or I saw this the other day and I thought of you, um, the moments where my friends in Colorado that I thought hated me wrote me letters, threw me a party on my last day there. They still care about me even though I messed up so much, even though I lied, and even though I was a mean bad person to them they cared because of those small things now they can't handle 
big grandiose uh emotional turmoils of a of a depressed ptsd stricken uh immature dummy like me they weren't trained for that so why would i expect them to be able to handle that instead what they do know are the small things they do and and being able to stop and slow down and focus on those small things i was able to say oh that makes sense that's what that means and in the end i realized well this is what god's been doing this is what the essence is this this whole thing it's like elijah on mount sinai where it's what he wasn't in the grand fire. He wasn't in the roaring wind. He wasn't in these amazing, mag- magnificent, and, and, and massive moments. He was in the small whisper. And in those small whispers, we can have understanding. And then a string of whispers. See? That's the title of the episode. A string of whispers is, is what just holds all of these circumstances together to create the thread that is our life. So that's going to do it. Um, I appreciate you listening. If you want to, go check out markmccullum.com to read some of my uh, really poorly written essays. Um, At least I think they are. That's Mark with a K. M-C-C-O-L-L-U-M.com. Uh, you can, uh, write me an email from there. You can comment on the stories or whatever it is, whatever you want to do, interact with it, how you want, uh, feel free to share this, uh, with whoever you want. And, um, I appreciate you listening. I look forward to talking to you more. Um, hopefully we'll be able to do this either twice a month or every week. Um, but we'll see with the scheduling and everything. So bye.